0: I imagine everybody knows what's going on out, uh, in the world of politics. Let us yes.
1: Know. What was that? You could update us.
2: Update us. We want to hear your version.
0: Well, obviously it's still a battle and, um, it's not, obviously it's not over. Uh, I had given a sheer last week, uh, in which I laid out three scenarios uh, but I believe the real scenario will probably be where Trump will re- resume being president. And uh, this whole thing, basically, is a satanic attempt to overthrow, <clears throat> because in many ways, Trump is a very dangerous person. He's the Tev and what he's done until now has been, uh, in many ways, incredible. Uh, which of course we know and it's it's not just that he's given a tremendous amount of things to israel which no president has ever done before but what's even more important is that he is ending what's called the creeper of yishmoel <clears throat> you know the tremendous jealousy that yishmoel had for the jewish people and therefore there was has been so much persecution in the end of time uh, that is ending because there are many countries, Arab countries, that we know that are al- aligning themselves with Arab Israel. So these two things are unheard of. That uh, that uh, the Arabs want to align with Israel, which is when you think about, it, it's really unheard of, and it's truly messianic. Actually, you know. But it's not only that, it's also the fact that Israel is rising tremendously among the nations of the world in so many different fields. Uh, They have become sort of like a super country, even though they have around 9 million people, which is really obviously very little. Uh, But they have become one of the leading nations in the entire world in so many different areas. Uh, You know, whether it be cybersecurity and high tech and... uh, Agriculture and medicine, and uh, and so on, computers, um, and uh, like I say, uh, you know, water conservation, agriculture. So what we are watching really is truly messianic, and if you think about it, Trump, who has initiated all of this, which itself is incredible, uh, he's in the middle of his job. You see, but uh, like I once mentioned, there's many many key programs. Many prosecutions that are going on to try to stop this, and in a certain sense, we are at uh, the same time period <clears throat> that the Jews were in uh, before the Amsof, when there was a tremendous dentura, a tremendous uh, judgment in heaven as to whether the Jews should be destroyed or just the Egyptians. And, of course, at the head of the din was the Sutton. Because, of course, once the Jews pass over the Yamsuf then they will come, of course, to the Torah, receive the Torah. And as a result of that, when they receive the Torah, they will then begin what's called the Tikkun process. That, of course, is the most dangerous thing for the Sutton. And, uh, in fact, it was so dangerous... Uh, that it almost meant the end of the satan, until he somehow was able to tempt the Jews by uh, having Moshe Rabbeinu's coffin appear in the heaven. So they all thought he was dead, and as a result of that, they said that we have to, uh, you know, we need an idol in order to uh, lead us on, because they, they, were, they were very unsure of themselves, because there was so many years of slavery in Egypt. But the main idea is that the Sultan was almost killed because that was the closest attempt uh, that the Jews had ever come to bringing the Mashiach. In many ways, that's really where we're at. We are at the Kriya Samsaf. Could you imagine? All the Jews thought that they were going to die because they had the Egyptian army surrounding them and their back was against the sea. So could you imagine the fear? pachad movis, that the Jews had at that point, you see. And what's so interesting is that it is after such a good feeling of leaving Egypt, you see, yet notwithstanding that, God subjected them to a tremendous pachad movis, which, of course, created in them a tremendous depression. And that was in order to, in some way, have the Jews gain a schus, a merit, to believe in God that He would redeem them, and of course that's what happened, you know, uh, that God did redeem the Jews. But we have the same thing. I mean, they have the witnessing, four years of Trump doing such incredible things, good things, <clears throat> for the Jewish people. All of a sudden, out of out of nowhere, sort of comes this individual who's basically an empty suit you know, who is not only a criminal, because he himself was involved in bribery, and committed treason, because he made a, a, a bargain with the uh, enemy of the United States. I mean, but here's a guy who's done nothing in 47 years. He himself is going senile, and he's a socialist. So how in the world could this be? You're looking at something which is totally miraculous, Ines. It is Ness Nigla. It's an open miracle that a person like this that is so, uh, you know, uh, in, so impossible to become a candidate actually vie for the presidency. And uh, we see this is what happening. And this is after four years of incredible uh, leadership of Trump So what you're really seeing is that after a tremendous good time, you're seeing the uh, bad time. You're seeing the time that... uh, a very bad time that is threatening the Jewish people. You see. So in many ways, we can say that we are paralleling this time. And like I mentioned, also the same concept by Moshe Rabbein when he came to Egypt. Right? He actually generated the decree of straw, which made it much worse. So could you imagine the Jews finally get up their hope that the Mashiach has arrived and not only has the Mashiach not only only does he not do anything, but he he himself actually made it worse by telling Parah that you have to let the Jews go. Same idea. You know, whenever something great is happening and all of a sudden all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it completely reverses itself and turns around. And everybody goes into a a depression because of that. But as I once mentioned, there are reasons for this. And that is really what's happening today. If there's such an incredible good things that Trump did, all of a sudden uh, there is somebody that is in danger of taking over the United States and really destroying this country. You know, it's interesting. Somebody asked me, "Well, if Trump said that, if he can't make it now, he'll run in 2024. So why do we just wait?" The answer to that is that because by the time 2024 arrives, Biden will have destroyed the United States. Now, can we believe because of his policies are so bad? You know, allowing any immigrant to come in, giving them free education, free health, taxing people tremendously, you know, and to, to overturning all the tremendous regulations that Trump overturned, he will restore them. And then, of course, with Iran, he will restore Iran. And there's so many things, the Paris Accord, which is terrible for the United States, there are so many things that he will do that he'll destroy the country. So what's the point if Trump runs in 2024? He's going to run in a country that has been so decimated you see, now the question is, do we really think that the Bansham wants this? Is this a way to prepare for the redemption, you know, by having evil reign for four years? Obviously, it's not very likely. So, therefore, the prediction is, or the feeling is, is that uh, Trump will win. Well, and then how that will be, you know, there's any number of ways that Trump can actually turn it around. I hear now that there's a tremendous scandal with the software called Dominion, which is a Venezuelan product, which is incredible how the U.S. can use that product. And it was built for Chavez, which obviously used it to turn around elections through a computer. He can reverse uh, ballots from one candidate to another, and that's obviously how Chavez won elections. So how this came to be used for the United States is just beyond belief. It really is. But like I say, that's what seems to be happening. Uh, the scandal is getting greater and greater. And um, listen, that's, uh, I feel that Trump in the end will be victorious and, and Biden will be dismissed. I mean, as it is, it's, it's ludicrous because he has declared himself president-elect, which of course he's not. And he actually says he's from the office of the president-elect, which of course there's no such office. I mean, talk about, you know, a person that has absolutely no patience, and everybody, of course, is trying to promote him and so on. But I believe that this is what's going to happen, and we just have to obviously wait and see. So everything is in the midst of of uh, this tremendous Kittrick prosecution by the Sutton himself. Anyway, uh, that's as far as I can see. Anyway, um...
1: Rabbi? Yes. I wanted to ask you about um, since it's Rosh Chodesh Heshvan, if you could speak a little bit about the. I mean, like, sorry, yeah, um, if you could speak a little bit about about like the the purpose of the Rosh Chodesh and how if how it's, they're saying it's so special, it's like Yom Kippur and you know how it could tie into you know the redemption if it does.
2: Yeah, because a lot of people are saying that Hanukkah is going to be a time where we're going to really see things open up for the Mashiach. There's some Bible code or something that someone did a video and it said Hanukkah on it.
0: Yeah. Well, before you start,
1: I forgot forgot to say I wanted to... uh, do the shiur in, um, so that Shira Sara Bat will find her zivug and will get married Bezat Hashem, this year
0: what's the name Amen.
1: Shira Sara Bat
0: Shira, Shira Bat
1: Esther
0: Esther yes she should she should find a zivug hogun the core of mamish and benekal very easy and uh, she mm-hmm. should have tremendous simcha with her future Amen. chosn. Amen. In any case, uh, Rosh Chodesh in many ways is a very important time. In fact, there was a special Korban brought on Rosh Chodesh. It's a Chatos. And the idea to Rosh Chodesh is that everything needs a beginning. In Hebrew, it's called the his- Hit Shut. Everything needs a beginning. You know, and it's not only because obviously that's where you begin from, but many times you start off on something, some type of project or whatever, and then you fall into a rut where you can't really move. It's not working out. You know, you don't know what to do. You're confused and so on. So therefore, there's a concept of a beginning that you can always turn around and begin a No, You know? In fact, if you really think about it, at any given moment, it is possible for a person to turn his life completely around. If you think about that, the problem that we have is that we are creatures of habit. So therefore, it's much more difficult to turn things around because we are habituated to do certain things. And what we do when we do have those habits is obviously we remain fixed in the situation in which we are basically failing. You see, uh, so therefore, Rosh Chodesh offers an opportunity to rethink and replan what to do. That is the, in, in many ways, the concept of Rosh Chodesh. You see, is the concept of a beginning to replan, to pick yourself off the floor, and to start over again. Now, there are actually 12 Roshe Hashem. There are 12 months, actually there are 13, but there's 12, uh, because each one mirrors a Shevet, a particular tribe, and each tribe had a specialty in the Avodah, in worshipping or serving God each tribe had a unique approach. Uh, For instance, Yisaka, for example, their approach was tremendous hasmada in the Torah. They sat and learned the whole day. And the ones who supported him, and therefore shared in his Torah, was Zvulin. Yeah. So that's why today, there's what's called a Yisaka Zvulin contract. And they are actually people that say, you know, I don't really have that much time to learn. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make an agreement, a contract with a person that he will learn and I will support him, whatever the contract is, and I will therefore receive half his reward. And that's called a Zavula, a Yisachah contract, which is a real contract. You know, and there are people, of course, that have entered that. So what we see, therefore, is that the, the different shvotim have different uh, sort of like specialties specialty of oda for instance uh, like i said kohen uh, they are involved in kohuna which is I mean of course is that they are the priests or they serve the Rabbanu Shalom. not through any mundane way but they, they are spiritual you see and then you have the levium Every Shevet has its own specialty in its Avodah. Therefore, <clears throat> just like there are 12 Shvatim, there are 12 Rosh Chodesh. Because each Chodesh represents one Shevet. You see. And uh, as a result of that, you know, uh, initially, a person can say, well, I want to start the Avodah of such and such a Shevet. And the time to start it, of course, uh, is on the, the beginning of the month that this shevet uh, reigns. And the, the shefa, for instance, of that shevet uh, shines or illuminates that month. You see. And uh, for instance, Yosef at Sadiq, his shefa reigns on Ador. And, uh, and so on. You know, no, Yehuda know. is Nisan and so on. So, the concept of Rosh Chodesh, in many ways, is a beginning, and as a result of that, it includes what's called, you know, uh, the Yom Kippur service, you know, the Chodesh, the Yom Kippur service of the uh, of that month, because what you are really asking is to—it's like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. What you're asking is really is to forgive the sins, you know, of the previous times and to begin anew, uh, the, the the spiritual task. Now, it doesn't have to be specific, you know, but Rosh Chodesh is a great time, as they say, to begin, I wouldn't call it a New Year's resolution, but a new month resolution, you see. And in many ways, that mirrors the moon. Why do the Jews keep time according to the moon and not the sun? Because the sun never changes In its luminosity, it rises and then falls, and it never loses. It doesn't take shapes. You see, it's always a full sun. The moon, however, changed shape. And that really, in many ways, mirrors the journey of Kray Because Kray and that's the concept that the moon is born every month. You know, it, it takes 28 days, whatever. 28 and a half days, uh, and it makes an entire circuit around the Earth. It's called the lunation. One one revolution of the Moon around the Earth is one. Re, uh, that revolution is called a lunation, and that takes 28 and a half days. But the interesting thing about it is that the Moon changes shape. Why? Because the Moon does not have its own luminosity obviously. So it can only reflect the light of the sun. But depending on the angle that the moon has between the earth and the sun, that is the shape you will see on the moon. So the moon is born, the first thing is called the chidush, or rather is the moilod. And the moilod is when the moon is exactly between the center of the earth Then you have the center of the moon, and then the center of the sun. So in effect, the moon disappears, which is really what the Jews do. You know, they will many times disappear because of sins or whatever. And then lo and behold, in less than a day, the moon reappears as a slight crescent, you see. And that's the same concept of the Jewish people, that the Jews again begin to what's called waxing, they grow, you see, until they reach the, the full moon, which is the opposite side, when the moon is on the opposite side of the earth. <clears throat> so you have the sun, the, moon, the earth, and then the moon. So then the moon is full. So that indicates the growth of the Jewish people. So the Jewish people are always growing, light, spirituality. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, the moon begins to, what's called, wane. wane. And it begins to disappear. Because that's what happens with the Jews. They rise and fall constantly, you see. And that really, in many ways, is the history of the Jewish people. Where one country they rise, and all of a sudden, in another country, they fall. Or in the same country, they begin to diminish. So therefore, the moon, in many ways, represents the history of the Jewish people, where it is born, grows, reaches its full peak, and then begins to wane, which is to disappear. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, it pops out again. That's the concept of his chachos, renewal, you see. So the essential idea of the moon, it's always renewing itself, you see. And it renews itself 12 times because those 12 times are really the term, you see and the interesting is that there's an ador Shaini, uh 7 times out of 19 years you have to add a month in order to align the moon the, I should say the solar, the uh, lunar year with the solar year you see because the lunar year is 354 days and the solar year is 365 days. So the lunar year is 11 days shorter. That means the moon reaches its year 11 days earlier every year. So it comes out that every three years, it is now receded one month, which is 30 days basically. So, for instance, if the moon's Rosh Chodesh, uh, if the new moon happened in, uh, in let's say, March 1st, then the next month it would be February 20th. The next month it would be February 10th. And then after three months, or rather I should say three years, not months, three years, it would be February 1st, you see? So it comes out uh, that the lunar year goes backwards every 11 days. So therefore the Jews are commanded that Pesach must be in the springtime. And Pesach, we know, is based on the solar year, because seasons are based on the solar. So if Pesach must be in the springtime, so therefore, if you would keep Pesach only based on the lunar, then it comes out that Pesach would be earlier by 11 days every year, and after three years, Pesach would fall out in February. Well, Pesach in February, February is the winter, not the uh, is the winter, and, and not the spring. Uh, So therefore the Chazala commanded to insert a 13th month into the calendar so they add a second Ador. That's what they add. So that second Ador, right, is a 13th month. So the question of course is, are there 13 Shvatim? And the answer is basically yes, there are. Because many times Yosef is counted separate from Menashe and Ephraim. Sometimes he's counted together with uh, <clears throat> Menashe, so you have 12 months. But there are times that Yosef is counted separately. So it comes out that there are actually, many times, 13 months in a year, you see. So the Jewish year or the lunar year, seven years out of 19, you actually have a 13-month calendar. But again, the essential idea of a month is that it is meant to provide a beginning of an avrido, you see, <clears throat> and and uh, in many ways that's really what it's all about the concept of reshchodesh, you see. An um, interesting point since I'm talking about this is that the moon was declared the new the new month was declared not by the astronomical event, but by two witnesses observing the new moon, and they would have to go to Bezdin in Jerusalem, the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, and they would have to testify in front of judges that they saw the new moon, and the Besden, the Sanhedrin, would declare that day to be the the first day of the month, and that day would be, like I said, the first day of the month, and that would be obviously the 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 month would begin, and then you would count 28 days until the next sighting of the moon. Uh, The interesting thing about that, you see, is that this idea of the witnesses having to come and then testify in in front of Besden, that that was so important, that they could machal Shabbos. In other words, what happens if all of a sudden two witnesses saw the moon Friday night? They actually could travel on Shabbos, you see. They could carry, they could travel, they can do all kinds of isurim, even though it was Friday night, in order to get to the court by Shabbos and testify in the Sanhedrin, Supreme Court, and then they would declare that Shabbos to be the first day of the month, which is very interesting. It's one of the few times in the Torah where you see that somebody can actually mechalel Shabbos, can desecrate the Shabbos, you see. So how do we understand this? And the reason for that is because there's a tremendous urgency for the the uh, first day of the month in, in the calendar, Jewish calendar to coincide with the actual astronomical event of a new moon. So, the urgency was so important that God allowed witnesses to desecrate the Shabbos in order to make sure that the day that the witnesses saw the new moon would be the first day of the Jewish month. You see, which is really, when you think about that, it's amazing that God would permit the desecration of Shabbos by witnesses in order to align the calendar, the, the astronomical event of a new moon with the first day of the Jewish calendar. <clears throat> you see. And that is really, in many ways, a very important idea. You see. In any case, so this is really the concept of the new moon and the whole concept of Rosh Chodesh, that in many ways it signals. Um, the uh, ability to begin something new something new in terms of spirituality now Kislev itself is a very great month obviously because of Hanukkah and I will give a sheer about Hanukkah what really happened and why Hanukkah is so great but the month of Kislev in many ways represents the messianic light Yes, the Or Mashiach. And when I talk about Hanukkah, I will explain what Hanukkah is really all about, what really happened on Hanukkah. But the bottom line of all of this is that Hanukkah is about the Messianic light. And you begin to see that when we talk about the Menorah and the eight lights, you see. But Hanukkah is a, uh, is a uh, celebration of a restoration of the Messianic light. So in that sense, Chanukah is a great day, or I should say a great month, Kislev, for the Mashiach to come. And also to begin the revelation of the Orishan, the Messianic light. Yeah. It is very, as they say in English, propitious for the Mashiach to come in Kislev. You see... So tonight, to, I think tonight, tonight is Monday night. Tuesday is Rosh Chodesh Kislev. So in many ways, it's a tremendous time uh, to begin thinking about the Messianic idea. And uh, I understand that the Electoral College December 14th will be in the middle of Hanukkah, which is itself very, very interesting. <clears throat> you see. So, um that's the, uh, the, the tie-in and so on, you know. But anyway, that's what Rosh Chodesh is. And many people say the Avodah uh, Yom and in order to have a Kapora for that month and uh, that's what they do, you see. Mm-hmm. And um, it, 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 that itself is a very great thing to join a, and women do it also, to join the Avodah Yom Kippur It's not that long, uh, which people say on Rish Chodesh. Every era of Rish Chodesh, they say that. The uh, the Tefillah of Yom Kippur, and so on. Um, In fact, there was once a story where somebody came to the Chofetz Chaim, and he said that uh, he has a sickness, which the doctors say that he will not live. So, the Chofetz Chaim told them, here's what you do, <clears throat> you see, um, go and say Ever, er, every Rish I should say, every Arab Rishchidosh, what you should say is the Avodah of Yom Kippur. You know, you say it in Shul. Many Shul say it. And uh, you will say. And that's what the person did. He, he began saying the uh, Tefillah uh, of chodesh, you know, <clears throat> and lo and behold, he lived. His sickness went away. So clearly, then, there's obviously a tremendous segula to say that it's a very protective idea, you know. Just like K- Kiddush HaKodesh is, you know, during the month we say Kiddush HaKodesh, we bless the new moon. You see uh, that it should be restored no longer to have phases, but to shine like the sun, which means the tikkun is complete. That's why we do that. Uh, and that is very protective. Uh, it has a certain segula to protect the person from any type of calamity, you see. So just like Kiddush and Chodesh has that power, the same thing also is uh, if you say the avoid of Yom Kippur, on the of It also has this ability to protect. I'm just telling you that's a tremendous segula to observe, you know. Um, but in any case, that's basically what Rosh is. And tonight's Rosh which I mentioned, I said, is kiss slave, is especially appropriate for Mashiach. Because like I said, the concept of kiss slave, is the concept of Mashiach, uh, uh, the Messianic light. You see? In fact, if you think about the uh, the, the dreidel has four letters, Nun Gimel hey, Shin, which stands for Nes Godl HaYasham. Nes Gadol, a great miracle happened there. You see, And the gematria of Nun, Gimel, Heishin is 356, I think, which is the gemati of Mashiach. So the very letters on the dreidel adds up to Mashiach. Because in many ways, it really is a messianic holiday. It's a tremendous uh, month to restore the messianic light. And as I will explain, uh, later on, when I give that comment this year, this in many ways is the secret of the menorah, which is the light of the Mishriach, as we will see at that time. You know? I would, encu- I would uh, encourage people to um, take Rish Chodesh seriously. You know? And anyway, they say Rish Chodesh is a holiday for women. You know? And especially uh, appropriate for a woman to, uh, in many ways, observe Rosh Chodesh and to treat it, which would be nice to make a souda, to make a meal on Rosh Chodesh, if you can. You know, I mean, well, no matter what it is, but, uh, you know, maybe to light two candles on Rosh Chodesh, uh, let's say tonight, which is Kislev uh, in commemoration of Rosh Chodesh. You see. Uh, so that, uh, so that that would be a very nice way of commemorating Rish Chodesh. By lighting two candles, maybe having something special to eat, a little suda. that would be nice. And there are people, by the way, who have done that. That's how they celebrate Rish Chodesh. You know, nothing, nothing uh, fancy, as they say, but to a certain extent, to be able to commemorate that. Uh, so that that's the greatness itself. Okay. Everybody got that?
2: So tell us a little bit more about this Kislev.
0: Uh, about what?
2: Tell us more about Kislev.
0: Uh, well, like I said, what do you,
2: what the main concept...
1: Rabbi, don't they say that um, Hashem has a different name for each month?
0: Yes. The names of the months that we have is not really in the Torah at all. In the Torah, you have first, second, third, fourth, and so on. And the first <laughs> month is Nissan.
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. There is no such thing as the names. The names of
2: the months that come from Persia. They come from Persia.
0: Well, they really come from Babylon.
2: They said when it the comes Jews, from Paras. And they still have the same names today. Persia has the same names of the month.
0: Well, then, because the Persia actually ruled after Babylon. But when the Jews went Correct. to Babylon, Bavel, when the Beis this was destroyed, so Nebuchadnezzar That's exiled right. all of them to Bavel, And the names Correct. of these months uh, originate really in Bavel. And they, and, you know, since Babylon, since Persia took over Bubble, Babylon, they obviously adapted their names also of the months. But the names of the Jewish month really are in many ways Babylonian. Uh, because in the Torah you don't find that. In the Torah you find, obviously, you know, Chodesh uh, first month, second month, and so on. Uh, because the Torah wants to remind you of the greatness of Nisan. So therefore. When you count the month, you only count it from Nisan. So in that way, you remember the, uh, the uh, what's called the primacy of Nisan, you see. Uh, it actually, actually, it's, it's the same concept as the days of the week. First day, there's such thing as Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, those names come from uh, the Norse. Many of them, Sunday is the sun god, Monday is the moon god. And, and so on. They come from the Norse, Scandinavian countries. You see, Thursday is Thor, Friday is Frida, whatever, whatever and so on, you know. Ah, but uh, but the same idea, the first day of his Yom Rishon, Yom Shani, Yom Shlishi. Why? Because the Torah wants you to keep in mind the concept of Shabbos. So Yom Rishon means the first day after Shabbos second day after Shabbos, third day, and so on, you see? Uh, and then the sixth day after Shabbos, and then, you, of course, you have the next Shabbos. So really, in Judaism, the week really begins from Shabbos. And in order for you to keep that in mind, uh, you count the words from Shabbos. You down
2: Shabbat. Yom 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 counting down to Shabbat.
0: Well, really, first, second, third, fourth, yeah, but you can go either way. You know, because the first three days uh, of the week belong to the previous Shabbat. And the last three days belong to the incoming Shabbat. Uh, You see, so however you want to work it, the key concept is you're counting from Shabbat, whether it be the previous or the upcoming, uh, in order to keep in mind that the whole week revolves around Shabbat. And therefore, it's the same idea with the months. Whether you count, you know, the, your first, second, third month, and so on, right? Uh, then um, you're counting from Nisan to tell you that that is the time we got out of Egypt. And that is the time that we became a nation. It was only when we got out of Egypt that we really became independent and we assumed a real status of nationhood, you see, uh, same idea, and uh, so therefore there is no days, there's no names of the, uh, you know, the uh, months or the days of the week, and, and so on, you know. Uh, like I said, but the the critical thing in Kislav um, is this idea, you know. I had spoken actually, which is interesting. It's, I think it's good idea to say um, the eleventh day of Cheshvan, of which you know we are actually out of now, right? Was the side of Rokhali and the meaning of that is very interesting uh, because Yud Alef Cheshvan, the forty-four, the eleventh day of Cheshvan, is really the forty-first day since Rosh Hashanah. In other words. From Rosh Hashanah, which is Aleph Tishrei, if you count 41 days, that will bring you to Yud Aleph Cheshvan. And that is the Yod side of Rochli Meinu. But what's even more important is that that was the day that the Messianic light should have come down, the Orishan. Instead, as I mentioned, it came, it came down. The 18th, it came down as water, which destroyed the earth. So the question question is, what is important about the 41st day? You see? Well, if you think about that, there are seven, there are 10 spherot. Each one has 10. So you're looking here at 10 major spheros, and you're looking at each one having 10 minor spherot. That's a 100, you see. So that's the first idea. The second idea is that we count 49 days from the second day of Pesach until Shavuot. 49 days. And each, uh, and therefore we count uh, 7 each week of the 49 days, which is 7 days, is a Sefirah. But it's only from Chesed to Malchus, you see, without going into the whole explanation. And what is interesting is that when you get to the 41st day of that count, from Pesach, second day of Pesach, to Shavuot, when you get to the 41st day, that 41st day is Yesuid Shabi the foundation of the foundation. <laughs> and that, by the way, is the Side of Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lusato. He died on the 41st day of the Oymah, which is Yisoid Shabbat Yisoid, you see, and that forty-first day Yisoid Shabbat Yisoid it represents the sphere of Yisoid, of the largest sphere of Yisoid, and that represents the oration. Therefore, if you go to the other side of the calendar, uh, which is which is from Rosh Hashanah, right, and you count forty-nine days, right, so the forty-first day is, of course. Yudal of You see. And that 41st day, which is Yudal of from Rosh Hashanah, that is, is uh, is when the Orishan, again, the foundation of the foundation, which represents the Orishan, that's when it was supposed to come down. You see? Uh, so you have, on either side of the calendar, on the Pesach side, 41 days, Yisraeli Shav Yisraeli, which, as I mentioned, is the Yod side of Ramchal, right? And on the other side, from Rosh Hashanah, the 41st day is, again, Yisoyed Shabit Yisoyed, which, again, is uh, Kabbalistically the uh, Orishan. So that is the significance of why the Orishan comes down on the 41st day, which is Yud Aleph Chesron, which is 41 days after Rosh Hashanah. I wanted to add that, as why was this day so significant, you see. <clears throat> and uh, and therefore, uh, that's what happens, you know. Now, that the Kislev also is the Orishim. Because the holiday of Hanukkah essentially is all about the Orishim, which I will explain. But in any case, that's really what it is. So, tonight is a great time to pray for the Mashiach. And that he should be able to release his or, you see, his oration, which is the essence of the entire um, Kabbalah, and it's the essence of the redemption, is that messianic light, you see. <clears throat> and that's what we pray for. So tonight is a tremendous sigula for the messianic light to be revealed this month, you see. And maybe in that merit, maybe you know we have uh, the elections. Trump will win the elections, you know, not win, but he will resume being president. You know, look, America is in a crisis. America is in a constitutional crisis, which is really remarkable, and uh, it's very important for them to solve this problem, because then nobody will ever believe that Biden won. And everybody will question his authority because everybody realize that the entire thing is fraudulent. <clears throat> and that can easily lead to a civil war or some tremendous division in America. You see. So in any case, that's what we have to be aware of and so on. But like I said, you know, that's what Rosh Chodesh is. It's a his it's a beginning. And it's a great time to begin some type of a spiritual turnaround, whatever that is that you want to do. And you could do this 12 times a year, you see. And, and because of that, there has a certain shefa, a certain mm-hmm. divine influence that comes down on Rosh Chodesh that will help you actually, you know, do a, a real tshuva in whatever you want to do. It has a certain divine influence on Rosh Chodesh. You see. Uh, So, look, it would be great to take advantage of that. You know. Any case. But like I said, if you can, and you want to light two candles for Rosh Chodesh, and have a little something special, let's say a a special piece of cake or whatever, that's nice. There are are people that do that, by the way. They celebrate Rosh Chodesh. You know, even though you can still work, but they celebrate the concept that each month has something to do with each shevet, and therefore each month has some type of avodah to get close to God. In any case, so that's the concept of Rosh Do you know which
1: shevet is for kislev? Say that again? Do you know which shevet is for kislev?
0: Oh, which Shave is for Kislev? Um, I don't recall now. I would have would to it remember. be Yehuda? No, Yehuda is.
2: No,
0: Ador Yehuda is Yosef. It's written out. What which Shavuot represents which month? I don't recall which one right now is uh, Kislev. Uh, you know.
1: <clears throat> would it be Yosef? Because that's my
0: ben Yosef. Yosef is. No, a, Yosef um, is Adar. Enough. It could be Yisochah because Yisochah represents Torah. Right. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I I just have to recall it. That's why. What month is represented? You know. But in any case, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, Any? any, Was that? Back to the politics. Do you think that Trump has like uh, has the uh, the evidence, or it's still? It still hasn't come to full light yet.
0: Well, I think that he does have evidence. There's a woman, uh, her name is um, Sidney Powell. Powell, that's it. Yeah, good, thanks. Um, yeah, she is a very good lawyer. She's a constitutional lawyer. And she said, I mean, remarkably, that there's a tremendous amount of witnesses that have come forth. And they have said many things which are illegal, <clears throat> you know, mamish illegal for, for the states to have done this. And uh, they They're are right rabbis. now gathering a ton of evidence. They are They're gathering a ton of evidence.
2: Rabbi, one minute, Rabbi. The tribe of Binyamin is believed to correspond to the month of Kislev. Binyamin? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, if that's true, that would make sense because Binyamin because, is from Rochel. Yeah, correct. Right? Yes. Yosef would be Ado, and if Binyamin is uh, Kislev, uh, remember, both of them are Messianic figures. Right? Binyamin, by the way, remember Biny- uh, well, Shoal was from the tribe of Binyamin. Remember King Saul, the first king? And yes, really, sorry, yes. what the reason...
2: Yes. Why, <clears> throat> throat>
0: correct, uh, he was from the tribe of uh, of Benjamin, right? And uh, the reason for that is because from Binyamin you also can have the mashiach Ben Yosef, because he comes from Rochel. And Rochel gives birth to the Mashiach Ben Yosef. So that is Sheol HaMelach. And then, of course, then you have David, David HaMelach. Also, uh, if you recall, uh, Mordechai, Hishimini, he's also from mm-hmm. the tribe of Benjamin. And he also was a forerunner. Uh, He also was a of Ben Yosef. And that's why he ascended to such a great height. Uh, And remember also that the Beis Hamigdash was in the property of Binyamin. Binyamin. Correct. Binyamin. Exactly. The Beis Hamigdash was in the property, you know, his area, his land area of Binyamin. Exactly. And the base Hamigdosh, of course, is where the Shekhinah is. You see, and uh, therefore, this is a, uh, you know, if if it if it is Binyamin, uh, then that would be incredibly appropriate. And remember, one also that the key historical event of a kiss slave is the rededication of the Temple. Remember, they found mm-hmm. the oil, and they. So, if you think about it, the Temple. The Beit HaMikdash was in the territory of Binyamin. So it comes out that in the very month which is his month, that's exactly when they rededicated the Beit HaMikdash. So that really fits very well. <clears throat> you see. Since
2: so the month is a month of dreams and miracles. Yes. And it.
0: By the way, I heard a very interesting gematria. I haven't checked it out. But the haftorah of this uh, that just passed is the haftorah that Adoni which is one of the sons of David Melach, he wanted to be made king. Made
2: himself king. Yeah. yeah like and then
0: that, and therefore, what they did is they they ran to make Shlomo Melech king. So somebody told me, and I have not checked this out, that the gematria of oh. Biden is gematria Adoni
2: Correct. We checked
0: it <coughs> out already. What
2: was that? I checked it out, it is. I got the I got the text. Great. It's true. I don't know Yahoo is Biden.
0: How did you spell Biden by the way?
2: B It was somebody sent it on an Instagram. I think it was Bet Yud Bet Yud, Yud Yud. It's double Yud if I'm not mistaken.
0: And then dollar, and then what? Aleph or I am.
2: None Sophie. None Sophie.
0: Oh, just not so fit. okay. Yeah. And also somebody told me, and I have not checked this out, <clears throat> is that instead of uh, Adonio, they made Shlomo Melech king. And somebody told me that the gematria of Shlomo Melech is, is uh, Donald Trump.
2: Trump. Donald J. <laughs>
0: Trump. Isn't that okay.
2: amazing?
0: I'm telling you. The gematria of Donald Trump in Hebrew is 424. Which is the exact That's gematria right, of Moshiach Correct. Yeah, so somebody told me that Sh- uh, Shlomo HaMelech is gematria uh, to Donald J. Trump. So the, the J, J would probably be a Yud. Because John is, in Hebrew is Oh, wow. So
2: you'd have
0: to check that out. I, I have not checked that out, but I'm just I'm just passing it on. You know, for those who are interested.
2: I like it. Very
0: interesting. God yeah.
2: willing, this should be... The, Rab, do you know, by the way, the Dominion uh, voting machine uh, is backed by Nancy Pelosi's husband, the Hillary Clinton Foundation. They were counting the ballots in Germany, so if they get caught, you can't go prosecute out of the country. They're finding so much evidence against the Democrats that it's hard to believe that they're not saying anything on the news.
0: Yeah, that's because of the Democrats. Yeah, yeah. See, what's interesting is that because there's such an incredible scandal, that this can actually destroy the Democratic Party. Because we're not looking here at a loss. We're looking at a criminal scandal, and if all of this, when this comes out, what all the criminal activities of the Democratic Party, in a certain sense, it can actually destroy the party, so this may be a way that the wants to destroy the Democratic Party, which I believe, by the way, that he does, because they are responsible for the tremendous immorality and hashkata of of the United States. United States And has by been the way, Grandpa, Yes.
2: one of the people that Biden wants to be in his office is a man that walks around and said nobody should live past the age of 95, uh, 75, they should be killed. You <laughs> heard this guy? Oh,
0: no, what's his name?
2: No, you ever heard of something like this? I don't know. Esther, what's that guy's name? Is Esther still there? Some guy who doesn't think people should live after seventy-five—he like wants to kill people.
0: Yeah, euthanasia.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, he wants to save. He wants to save. Rabbi, security. but time
2: is very limited. Time is very limited. Trump doesn't have much time to come up with all this proof and you know the lawsuits and the it's the court.
0: Well, somebody told me. uh, Somebody told me, I I don't know if it's true, but somebody told me that if Trump does not concede the election, which he will not because of all the fraud, then automatically the election will go toward the uh, state, and that each state has one vote. Now, the interesting thing about that, and that happened, by the way, I think twice in previous. history. U.S. history. Now, the interesting thing about that is the one in the state, each state has one vote. But who votes? The state legislatures. And the majority of the state legislatures in the United States are Republican. Yeah. There are, I think, 37 states which are Republican, right, and 13 which are Democratic. So, therefore, he would win if it ever gets thrown to the states. So we don't know exactly which way it's going to go. But there's no question that he will not, con- he will not concede at all because of this tremendous amount of fraud. So it, it should be fascinating to watch how the United States is going to handle this. You see? Look, we... we what
2: happens if the Civil War? Yeah,
1: what about all the people that still believe that Biden won and it's fine and, like, that they're Biden people? Hashem has to prove that he, like, how does he turn them to realize that they were, you know, blinded the whole time?
0: Well, I think what's going to happen is that the evidence that they have, Republicans have, is going to be so, you know, of such strength that I think many Democrats will realize that they. The problem is, up. is
2: that they only they only watch CNN and they're not posting any of this information, so they're not going to even read the information.
0: Yeah, but what's going to happen is when Trump wins, he see Trump made a tremendous mistake. You know what that was? You know, in Italy they have a rule: when you put somebody down, you put them down permanently because he's going to come and get you. What Trump made a mistake, he should have put Hillary down. He should have taken out all of these people and, you know, subjected them to, uh, you know, to justice and put them in prison. He didn't. There's not one guy walking around today who who committed all those acts, you know, Hillary and uh, and, and, uh, Comey and... uh, Brennan and Clapper, all these people, none of them have been convicted. None of them have been tried. And that was a mistake. And I think what's going to happen when Trump wins is that he's going to go after all these people. And once and for all, he's going to put them all away. Because they will never stop. And one of the things that he's going to go after is Twitter and Facebook. Because what they are doing is atrocious. And I think he's going to take away because they have protection against being sued. He's going to take that away. And uh, he's going to really, uh, you know, uh, teach them a lesson. You know. Yeah, Facebook
1: took president off of his Facebook
0: page. Say that again.
1: Facebook
2: took the word president.
0: Removed
2: president off of Trump's Page, page
0: and wow.
2: uh and called him a um uh what is it, a candidate something like you know wow. political candidate or something mind you Which he's is the, still the president till january
0: of course till january 20th of course and they removed
2: it, him as president
0: yeah well look look they are they are <laughs> they are asking to be destroyed yeah you know, I mean, that, 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 that's incredible, you know.
2: So Look, Rabbi,
0: we're... we're, we're hmm. Yeah?
1: Out of the scenarios that you were saying... Uh, in How your,
0: does what? Can you speak louder?
1: Of, sure. Out of the three scenarios that you were saying in your other shear that you gave, yeah. the, the, the scenario that you said that Biden would win, could Mashiach still come even if so much evil is in reign?
0: The answer is yes. Because you have to remember that God gives the ability of Mashiach to overpower everybody. You know, it's like Yosef Hatzadik, you know, once he was released from prison, you can't stop him. Paroi had no free will, he had to make him the head. Once the Mashiach comes, we're not dealing anymore with merit, we're not do- dealing here with Teva, which is nature. God gives him the power to succeed. And that's one of the miracles of a messianic figure, is that he never fails. He always succeeds. He only, it looks like he fails in the beginning, just like Moshe Rabbeinu. But in the end, he must succeed. And that's exactly what happened with Moshe. That's what will happen with Moshiach and Yosef. Everything will fail. Everything. So there's really nothing to worry about. So it doesn't make a difference how much evil... That's the whole point. If you look in the Navi, so many times in the Navi it says, you know, that will be evil. People will try to stop them. And it says that God will destroy them. That's exactly what he's going to do. That's the end of evil. That's the whole point of B'Shech Ben Yosef, you see. So there's really nothing to worry about. It doesn't make a difference how much evil succeeds. In the end, they are destroyed. That's a nevuah. This is many nevuahs that are in the Tanakh. Tanakh that God will destroy evil. So don't lose mm-hmm. any sleep on it.
1: So, so you said that he would fail, uh, like like as if like basically we're failing now as a society. Would you say that?
0: Well, we're yeah,
1: failing, I mean, our uh, our whole system is failing. You know, yes. everything that we trusted yeah. in, believed in, you know, our roots.
0: Yeah, of the world yeah, the world is returning to a, a situation of Memtes Sharitum. Just like it was in Sidim, just like it was in the time of Noah. The world is reverting to a terrible state of of corruption and immorality. And that and and, and that's really what's destined. And we see that all from the Navi. That God will destroy all of this, you see, and there's no, and they have no chance to survive, at all, you see. Look, it's very shortly, it's very, it's 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 up and coming. And uh, because there's a lot to do once the Mashiach comes, remember, it's not enough just to eradicate evil; you want to take the world and make it. Pure and holy, and that takes a tremendous amount of time. So that obviously has to be begin, you know, in a certain amount of time, you know, because, like I say, it takes a lot of time. And this has to happen before the Mashiach comes, Mashiach Ben That is, you know, <clears throat> because in his time, evil will be destroyed, the Satan will be killed, so there's no more evil. You see, but the war against evil will take place by Mashiach Ben Yosef. That is the time of Ben Yosef. You see,
1: facing now. What was that? I feel like that's what the, we're facing right now—the war against evil.
0: You're right, exactly. Your, the, the war between uh, the war between the Democrats and Republicans, or between Biden and Trump, is not a war between the, them.
1: Oh, it's good
0: versus evil. It's good and evil, exactly, which I've said many times. You're looking at really goig and goig and against Moshep and Yosef. You're looking good, uh, of evil, a uh, good versus evil. That's really what you're watching, as they as, the, as the, the the evil tries to destroy Trump. So it looks like it's winning, but in the end it won't, you know, and. Um, I'm, uh, you know, hopefully that uh, the entire Democratic Party will be so scandalized that in many ways they'll, I don't know if they'll cease operating as a party, but they certainly will completely change themselves in terms of what they really are now. Look, we are living in historic times. We really are. This kind of time has never happened before. A guy like Trump has never happened before. He's one of the greatest presidents in U.S. history in terms of what he's done. And you're looking at I an mean, unbelievable attempt to destroy him between the Russian collusion, hoax, impeachment. And, you impeachment, and then you had Bob Mueller. I mean, this has been going on, and every day he's being slammed by the media. I mean, this is unheard of. The hatred against this person is really the hatred of evil Against good, you see. That's what you're watching. Rabbi.
2: Yeah. Bye. Rabbi. Nachshon Ben Aminadav, the one that went inside
0: the water. Who uh, Nachshon Ben Aminadav. Nachshon yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What
2: about, yeah. yeah. So I feel like I feel like that's exactly what we're waiting for. We're
1: waiting for that one person. I'm not.
0: Well, I'm not hearing you. You're breaking up. What? Huh?
1: Hold on, Ma. Ma, wait. Say
2: it again. I feel like Sky is in this. I feel like we're gonna have one person come out and have so much information that's gonna open up the ocean. You understand what I mean? So much information that for the for the Democrats that he's gonna. That's the
1: person that's gonna open up the water.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There they could see. be Yeah, there could be there could be some type of information that is a bombshell which they will come out with. You see. And they already have this whole concept uh, you know, like I said, you know, you mentioned of dominion being Venezuelan. It's unbelievable. What like what is he does he know
1: anything about him? About who? That's
0: well, Nachshon ben Aminodov, if I remember correctly... Wasn't um, that Miriam?
2: Miriam. Yeah, Miriam's,
0: Mir- Miriam's husband, yeah. He was one husband. of the descendants of, uh, you know, uh, of uh, Yehuda. Yeah. Yeah, Nachshon ben uh his, uh his wife was Miriam, and he obviously was a tremendous person. Uh, you know, he's...
1: You know what I'm thinking, Rabbi? That whatever information will come out, if it comes out on on Hanukkah, it's like as if you know we were we had no we had no oil left, we have no hope left, and then all of a sudden we found a pach Shemin and it lit up the whole menorah, and that that's what how Hanukkah could be, you know? Could
2: it's gonna have to be before because they count. The Electoral College has to announce yeah, the by the Electoral
1: event. College counts on the fifth day of, of Hanukkah, so it could happen in the beginning of it.
0: Yeah, listen, that's that's a nice thought. That would be nice if it happened, exactly.
2: Where well, the whole thing
0: unraveled on Hanukkah would be incredible. That would be truly miserable. Rabbi listened
2: to a class. Rabbi I listened to a class and they said the Gilgul of Biden is the Nahash and he's the pet of the Nahash, the mouse. What do you think of that?
0: Well, How nice speculation.
2: <laughs>
0: nice speculation. What can I say? You know, you
2: definitely can't tell. The Nachash has tongue more tongue. of a brain than Biden.
0: Of course, yeah. Wow. Look. We, we, like I said, we uh, we live in historical times. What's happening in the last May four
2: God years. Our and
0: yeah. So look, let's hope that this month is the month of the beginning of the Gula. Amen. You know?
2: Didn't you, okay. one time you gave a class and you said that his slave is when Hashem does the execution. Like he writes it on Yom Kippur.
0: And then he Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Hanukkah what well, they say that you know Roshana Rosh is when he writes it, Yom Kippur is when he signs it, right? Yeah, okay. And uh Oshana Rabba is when he seals it and Hanukkah is when he delivers it.
2: Execute delivers.
0: Okay, That's so the delivers. Deliver yeah. Yes. yeah, so let's hope he does. Sure.